previously on the podcast. Is that on? Are we live? Yeah, we're live. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Anything Tim says, I'll disagree with. Basically. Say I became really like the world's expert origami folder, right? Ridley Scott's Kevin thingamajiggies. <laughs> so I don't really know what I'm doing in the media, no. right? In Britain. No. One time when I won the Tony Doyle Award years ago. Name so, drop. Can I just say? Yeah. Name drop. New yeah, media, yeah, yeah. the digital revolution of the 21st century, all that kind of stuff. Now, the new episode. Right, who's starting? Right, here we go. Episode two, uh, UK script, script Writers Podcast. Right at- start. <laughs> no, let's keep going. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of thinking about your comedy intro, Tim. Yeah, does that throw you off? <laughs> yeah, it was right. just a little bit, you know. Um, okay, good. I had nothing to do with it. I just came in and Tim had it lined up. Yeah. All that uh, yeah. previously it's on. It's in the uh, style of The Wire or something <laughs> like that. So I uh, hope you enjoy that. Well, many of you did, it would seem, because we've had such a fantastic response. Yeah, uh, about a thousand... Uh, downloads of the podcast which is great for the first one of course incredible um and uh, just got a couple of um name checks really and talk about how we're going to do what people have asked us to yeah so got rob milner he talked about more about the red planet and danny's going to talk more about the first 10 pages later and uh, also we had abigail email in and uh, she said thanks because she didn't know about the red planet so she <sighs> Got herself sorted out real quick and got yeah. into it. I think in my little, small little clique that everybody knows about the Red Planet Prize, but nobody does when you reach further afield. I know, I know. So that was uh, that was great. Um, and then we had Colin Field, and he wanted to know more about the craft, which is true. We didn't really talk about and techniques of writing. No, so we'll board the socks off here with that one. And we're going to do that as well. So here's the quick run through. We're going to look at some news as ever. We're going to talk a bit about the business and behind the scenes. Then we're going to, Danny's going to talk about first 10 pages. See. Because he's just been doing the Red Planet, of course. And lastly, we're going to end on our favourite bit, which is talking about some of the things <laughs> that we like and that we've, we've enjoyed watching over yeah. the last month. Groovy. Right. News wise. Screenwriting news. Screenwriting news. Uh, I'll polish that up for next time. <laughs> uh, screenwriting news. We want to talk about, very briefly, just the, the, the forthcoming Screenwriting Festival in London. London Screenwriters Festival, which is replacing the Cheltenham Screenwriters Festival, which had been running for about three years previously. Yeah, that's So right. it's a different group of people, but they've set it up in London, which is very good. We're going to be there. Yeah, we're, we're both speakers there of some description. We don't know what we're going to be doing, but we're going to talk about it more next month, I think. Yeah, so it's just the news this week is to check that out. Check it out, because if you plan to go, you should buy your tickets now. Yeah, that's right. And Danny, you've got a secret code. I've, I've got a discount code. Normal prices are £299, which is, um, you know, quite steep for anybody, really. Yeah. But uh, if you use the discount code Danny Stack, which is all one word, go to the website, you know, click on buy ticket and then click dis- enter discount code. Use my name, all one word, Danny Stack, and you'll get £37 off. Um, but I'm sure if you've been traversing the website or the web everywhere, you'll see various kind of promotions and discounts. So other discounts are available. Indeed, indeed. Um, I'm looking forward to going. I'm not quite sure. We're not recommending it because it's the first year. Yeah. But I think it's going to be They've asked good. us to come along. So <laughs> they know <laughs> what they're doing. mistake. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's going to be good. There's some good speakers already. Um, Tim, uh, Tim Evans, the headline kind of speaker, I Working suppose. title, yeah. Working title. Ben Stevenson, head of drama of uh, BBC, or BBC head commissioner, whatever they call him. 
Um, some different producers. Very good producers. going, I've seen. Exactly. And, um, and there's writers on, and also up-and-coming writers as well that they've brought on board to talk about early struggles and almost foot-in-the-door type of stuff. Yes, that'll be us then. Yeah. Maybe. But that's great. Yeah. You know? Um, so... Uh, over 50 speakers was at the last count. So check that out anyway, at least now. It looks to be a goodie. For later in the year. Mm. Now, the thing we want to talk about, I guess our headline, is something that we feel together that no one ever talks about in script writing. Because it's a bit awkward. Because it is a little bit awkward, but that doesn't mean we should shy away from it because in some ways it's the most important part. And we're talking here about money. Money! And business. Um, a few of you might know that I put together a kind of a diagram called the Scriptwriter's Life. Check it out online, scriptwriterslife.com, which kind of looks at three big areas for writers, the craft being only one of them, working together and networking being the second one, and the business, mm. if you like, and the bottom line being the third. And people forget about those two other ones. Mm. And we're looking at one now, which is really the heart of it, making money. Now, uh, there's a few ways to go on this. I mean... Danny, tell us your story of how you've ended up now speaking to us as a writer. Uh, well, um, obviously, you know, you leave school, whatever you, you do, you find a job and then you go, God, I really want to be a writer, but what do I do? And what I did was um, I started off working in TV and I just gave it up um, because I was going down the production route, which was fun, but I knew I wanted to be a writer. So I just went full time freelance, took the plunge, all or nothing. It was the only way I thought it would push myself to really do it. Um, but also, when you do that all or nothing, you're left with, well, great, who's going to pay the bills mm. at the end of the month? Or what's going to happen to the rent or the mortgage? Um, so luckily, I got into script reading um, and I, I read a lot of scripts to kind of help pay the bills while I wrote my own scripts at the same time. Do you mean script reading for, for various, companies? For companies like Working Title or Miramax and all these people. So that's it was low pay, but it was enough for me to pay the bills. And it was also in the same kind of category as screenwriting. So I was learning a lot while writing my own scripts instead of like working at Mickey D's or something. Yeah. Which, you know, your brain just wouldn't have been switched on or in. Yeah. So at least you're reading good, bad and indifferent yeah. scripts and starting to pick up techniques that you might want to apply. But yeah. Also ones that might you might want to avoid. Exactly. And it was good for making contacts and um, just building a profile for myself. Um, and I, if, I, if I didn't do that, I suppose I would have stayed in some sort of day job like most people do or work in a part-time job that they could tolerate. Mm. Um, you know, you hear stories like people working in cinemas or people working yeah. in bars or whatever. Yeah, of course. So you do have to pay the bills and you have to find... I mean, if you take the all-or-nothing approach, you have to have something to fall back on. Yeah, I mean, to just talk us through, because I, I didn't... and would just, I'll do my story in a minute, but I didn't come up through that script reading yeah. method. And you say it's enough to get by on. I mean, sharp, sharp end of it, Danny, what are we talking about by getting getting by on? I mean, are we looking at minimum wage? You're basically? looking at minimum wage. I mean, interns make more than script readers. Really? Really, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I've heard people complain about, oh, they're only offering 15 grand a year uh, for an internship or whatever in London, and that's not enough. And you're thinking, well full-time script reading, reading the most you could do, you're probably yeah. still earning 10, really? 10, 10 grand a year. Really? Um, and that's reading... So you should see it as being your internship, in a way. Completely. That a way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, it's hard work, it's exhausting work, it's, you know, it's time-consuming, 
But if you're good at it, or if you understand the whole process about it, you just get on with it, really. Yeah. And it is very useful. It's like a screenwriting degree, really. Um, people should just read scripts for a week, and you'll never be the same writer again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I did it. I, I went full-time freelance in 2000, and it wasn't until 2004 that I got my first TV commission. Right. So four years later. Yeah. I mean, I got a little bits of money for treatments and doing yeah, a yeah, little, yeah, little yeah, bits yeah. of work there, but nothing yeah. to go, yeah, I'm a writer. Yeah. So when I used to introduce myself as a writer, <laughs> my uh, wife will be listening to this, so she'll have a, have a giggle. She'll, uh, uh, I call myself a writer once at a party. <laughs> my wife was next to me and she just went, ha! <laughs> <laughs> Like that. That's not the support you want. Of course, now if your agent did that, even worse. Even because, worse. Right, even I mean, worse. Your wife, but yeah. at the time, it was like it was it was kind of true because I hadn't really started to earn a living yet. Yeah. But now I earn my living yeah. as a writer, yeah, so course. I can go. I'm a writer, and no one's even gonna laugh. No, not even my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we laugh at other things now. <laughs> I won't go there. No. No. Now. Uh, well, my my background, totally different, which is why we wanted to do this. So I've taken another route, which is broadening. So Darry, da, Danny's done a, a narrowing, if you like. He's just doing the writing. He used to do something else and he's moving. Now, I've broadened what I do so that I've got more opportunities for income. Mm. So my background was I did a media production degree at Bournemouth, still uh -huh. living in Bournemouth now, although I have moved around the country in between. Uh, afterwards, this is back in the days, about 15 years ago, equipment too expensive to actually make films. Yeah. Now, it's better because mm. there's digital equipment and we can edit it at home, but then you couldn't. But writing, of course, the beauty of it is it's ideas that cost nothing except your hard work. So straight in there, doing some writing, won some awards, that was great. Had a film made by Working Title again, um, directed by Stephen Doldry, and that did well. That got BAFTA nominated. So that sort of set me off. That kicked me off, if yep. you like, into thinking there's something in this. But there's no money in that, any of that, you mm. know. Um, so unless you're really into that TV or getting your feature films actually not even optioned but made, mm. you know, there's not really enough income in it, I found anyway. So... Um, I've always been interested in directing and working with actors and different types of writing, like for games and so on. So I've really broadened out so that I'm um, writing for games one day. I do a lot of corporate work, so making films for different companies and so on, like HSBC. Yeah. And that's where I get my bread and butter. Mm. And I would say two-thirds of my time go on that work, mm. which is probably right because it's where the money is. And then I've got a third of my time to work on my own projects, whether that's bits of fluff like Mr. Vista, yeah. or whether that's writing a really serious bit of drama, yeah. and then pushing that. Now, that's very different to the all or nothing approach, because yeah. I've tried to have all and nothing, but there's a cost to that, which is a lot of my time is distracted away from the, my core goal, which is doing more writing and more ideas and getting them seen by as many people as possible. Yeah, well, that's that's interesting you say that because I was just thinking there's a similarity between my approach and your approach in that we've both immersed ourselves in what we want to do and in the world that we want to do it in. Mm. So even your corporate stuff or anything that might be distracting, as you say, yeah. it's still kind of on topic. Well, that's You're the, still learning filmmaking no, techniques no, that's or whatever. a very interesting point because... This is my, I guess, my only bit of advice for anyone taking my route, uh, as opposed to your route or the McDonald's route. Yeah. 
um, which is to really immerse yourself in that other mm. bit of work. Because for many years I didn't. Mm. So I would do it kind of reluctantly or see it as a distraction from script writing properly. Mm. You know, the real work, as it were. And I changed my mind on that, my mindset on that almost, or my philosophy on that a few years ago, three or four years ago, to say, actually, if I don't put all my effort into every bit of work, how can anyone trust me with any bit of work? How could you know what I mean? Yeah. So actually now I try and bring as much creativity, ideas, energy into what might appear to be a sort of a dull brief, mm. trying to lift that. Yeah. Because I think if I do that every time, I'm stretching my mind muscles. Yeah. Um, but also, if anyone sees anything that I do, they always go, "Well, Tim does a good job," and that's the reputation that you want. Yeah, that's good. So I think people try and divide their lives into boxes. Of this work and that work, mm -hmm. but I think it's you, you. You know, writing is really about digging deep into your own life and being honest about it. Yeah, and I think that's what I try to do now. So that that's kind of how I've how I've gone with it. Okay. I mean, they're, they're, every listener to this will have a different story to tell. Of Absolutely, because you know, life gets in the way, and various people have you know various different situations that they have to deal with. I think the main thing, no matter what kind of situation you have is to just find the time to do something. Yeah. It's like you were saying earlier about Gary Young, not on this podcast, where we're having a cup of tea before the podcast, Yeah. Uh, that he watches like 500 films a year. Yeah. And that's how he learns about how to write a script. Yeah, I mean, he says he's either writing films or watching films. Mm. That's all he does. That's all he does. Now, I like the clarity of that. And I think a lot of people could take the time to think about what it is they do. That's not me. I can't say that. Mm. So, but what I can say is I'm always trying to tell interesting stories. It just, I don't know who for. Yeah, it might yeah, be yeah. different people. And I think finding that, what is the truth for yourself, is to do it. I had to go for it because I was putting together a new showreel. Little plug, mm -hmm. timplague.com. Well, yeah, Check I'm, it out. I'm, yeah, I'm, because it, But that actually was really hard to do because mm -hmm. I had to really think about what it was I did. Because mm -hmm. I can't tell people I do a bit of this, bit that and the other. So I had to find the inner core of what I do yeah. and then run with that. Uh, if you do a niche thing, if you just write a certain genre, it's much easier. But most people I find don't, but they do have a tendency to do something and it's finding what it is. Yeah. Whether they write great dialogue, whether they're really interested in structure, whether they're interested in digital storytelling as opposed to linear yeah. or whatever, everyone's got an angle and I think they've got to find it. But it does take a long, that can take years as well to yeah. find what it is you really love. Yeah. Let's look at the um, our bit of, uh, craft, if you like. Oh, session. yes. Now, first 10 pages, which is on our mind, is on Danny's mind. He's been reading a lot of first 10 pages because the Red Planet, you sent in the first 10 as your gateway yeah. to, to getting selected or deselected. Now, first 10 is quite often used, actually. Um, anyway, even if it's unofficially, of course, it's what we hear, again, as a non-script reader. I don't know how this is, but you hear a lot of stories about production companies that will... You know, flick through the first ten. If yeah. it grabs them, they might read more. And if they don't, they put it in the maybe pile. But no one ever gets back to the maybe pile. Yeah. Is that kind of the idea of why it is first ten? Yeah, I, th I, I think it might have um, stemmed from an old adage about the inciting incident should happen at page ten, kind of thing. Ah, and, yes. and then it kind of might have developed from there, saying the first ten pages of your script are very important to, to engage the reader and set up the premise and get the story going. So it's now become an industry kind of just go-to guide in terms of 
we'll just read the first 10 pages. We'll, we can tell if you can write or we can tell if the story's any good. It's like people thinking they have to start with an exciting um, explosion or a ch- chase or something. Yeah. Um, or, you know, they j- inevitably it just falls into a lot of cliché. And especially once you read a lot of scripts in a row, like I've had to do uh, with the first 10 pages, just recurring things come up all the time. That might be a terrific way to start your kind of story individually. But when you're reading 10 in a row that start exactly the same way, you're like thinking, "Mm, I'd like something a bit more original now, please. Mm. And it's almost unfair in a competition sense because you're being judged more harshly than you know even the stuff that gets made really because we're looking for a level that's kind of goes beyond good right or or efficient or you know i this is the way flash forward started so what's wrong with me starting my thing like this it's just like well could you be a bit more original please or could you be a bit more i don't know just good (laughs) at uh (laughs) starting your script because people just fall into cliches it's like um a lot of scripts We'll start off with people waking up to, yeah. an, to an alarm that goes off uh, and then having breakfast and going about his day. And you can see, you can visualize it and you can see what people are doing and why they're doing it. But it's just like, well, this is just boring now. Mm. Um, and it's not very good or people at funerals or people arriving at airports and stuff like that. It's like you don't really need it. Or if you do, could you make it a bit more engaging uh, for the reader in terms of drama on the page? People write setup; they're not writing drama. So, all right, talk us through what you mean mean by that. So, if if I was to write a script about um, me and you doing the podcast, hmm. um, if I was to do it badly, I'd write the ten minute cup of tea we had right. previously, right. which is setup, and so you'd get to know us as kind of characters, kind of thing, and you know we just have a bit of a giggle together, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it might be very nice, and it might, might be very well written, right. but it's doing nothing for the story. So to instead, you should start with that ridiculous thing that I edited together previously on the bus. Shocking <laughs> enough that you go, "What the hell's this?" It's immediately catching your attention, yeah. <laughs> Whether in a good or bad way, is it don't have to others to decide. So it's like you have. I think it's in a. Uh, insecurity with a a certain type of writer that they think I have to make it clear who these people are and what their relationships are with Mm. each other and have some dialogue that kind of explains that even if it's not overly expositionary or whatever the word is Um, and it might as I say might be a perfectly well written scene but it's just not very interesting or not doing anything for the story Um, so that's one problem and another big problem this year especially is overwriting say if you have four people at a dinner table, right. as you're as you're, you're wasting the page and just describing them you as know. your opening scene. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like fade in interior room yeah, night. Yeah. Uh, John pours a glass of wine for Marie. John is fifty four. He's been married to Marie for ten years, oh, yeah. and he's in a you know and all this detail yeah. that is not visual no. and is not interesting. No. Immediately for the readers, like oh my god, can I skip to the end? Mm. Um, but you, as the writer, think well, this is standard screenwriting kind of practice. Yeah. To give a little bit but it's just like when was the last time you went to a film or TV watch TV and like you just pause for 30 seconds to read what the characters were like yeah yeah, yeah, and it's like no stop that stop that so my big thing is it's like it's too much time on setup too much time on 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 detail and not enough uh, pace maybe pace is not the right word story movement 
is, right. more, is more appropriate, I think. Okay, I think I, just to reflect back then what I would take from that, see if I've picked up something interesting from that. Actually, in some ways, we see the first 10 as being the setup. And so you're saying, when I'm reading, I'm just reading the setup. Mm. What, in fact, you want to see is a bit of movement already in the first 10. Lots of people changing their minds on things and moving forward with the story yeah. and scenario. Stories moving. And action. Mm. In the, not an action in an action film way, but activity. Yeah. Moving towards an agenda and a goal. Yeah. In that 10 pages. So that already you've started the journey and you want to know where's the journey going to go next. Exactly. Not just have read the setup. Exactly. Right. It's difficult though, as I say, in the competition sense, it's like, you God, you just have to be really good. It's like I'm finding uh, cop shows and supernatural shows, because we've seen so much of them, it's really hard to kind of be fully appreciative of the ones that come through. Yeah. Because it's like, well, you're bringing nothing new to the table here. You've written it very nicely. Well, but that's what the audience think. Yeah. Probably. So yeah. it's like if somebody come, has a, a twist on the familiar premise that's always stands out yeah you know and then if the writing reflects that in terms of good solid writing then you think yeah that's that let's give this that's a go a all right it, it's been tough though uh, because we've had so many entries and the quality has been high and i know that's a kind of a platitude that you might hear spun out every now and then but it is true mm. so it's all subjective it's all terrible um but everything's subjective exactly world, so, so that's, that's i mean if you don't get through because i mean let's face it 80 percent of you won't get through to the next round it's like you'll still have a, a new script because yeah. you, you'll have finished it yeah that's right and if it is any good you can show it to lots of people yeah, agents exactly. and producers and exactly. stuff. so that's why i think it's a terrific competition as well it just gets you writing and that's hopefully... right right let's move on then to uh media things that we've seen this way i'll go first because you went first last time right oh so the thing I've been looking at a new story that I want to tell um, about a road, it's a road movie featuring a group with learning difficulties. Because I used to do work with people with learning difficulties, not as a um, an actual carer, if you like, but uh, helping those guys with uh, making films for themselves. Okay. But I'm thinking there's such a story in their stories yeah. that we could do a, a nice feature with that. So I've been um, doing my research and uh, really enjoyed uh, a film called The Eighth Day, which is a film from uh, Belgium um, from the 90s, late 90s, uh, featuring a guy with Down syndrome on a road movie. But uh, I enjoyed each scene, but felt I wasn't really engaging with the story. And after a bit of self-analysis or thinking about that, I realised it's because I didn't know where their journey was going. And that helped me think well I need a really strong structure if you've got um, and we'd probably be doing it semi-improvised with a group like that that actually your structure becomes you know really important so I've been thinking about how would you apply the hero's journey or a structure similar to that to that story and so that film by not having that mm -hmm. has inspired me does that make sense yeah. sometimes you can learn yeah. from the mistakes of other people yeah rather than just the good things mm -hmm. so that's um that's what I've that's what I've seen that stood out. What have you been seeing? Uh, well, I've been um, watching a lot of TV drama as usual, really. But uh, two American series have been standing out for me uh, recently. One has been Southland, which is on a more four, I think, on Thursdays. I'm not too sure. I Sky Plus it and then watch it. Um, but it's kind of LA's version of the Bill. <laughs> it, it's so it's uh, you know the the cops on the beat and having to deal with uh, LA. Um, and it's an ensemble kind of piece. It's made by the makers of 
Eeyore, and I'm a huge fan of Eeyore, I love it to bits. And um, so I've been watching that and I've been really enjoying it, but going back to the kind of linking it to the first 10 pages thing, it has an interesting structural kind of technique of how it opens each episode. Right. So it opens with a scene that shows a situation that a cop kind of is dealing with or has dealt with. Um, and then a narrator comes on, and this is the only time the narrator is used. Right. He says, you know, uh, Agent Ben or Officer Ben has just had a really bad day and uh, uh, he thought the job was going to be better than this. And then the action cuts back to kind of six hours later or earlier to right. like the beginning of their day. Right. So the action then... How did they get there? How did they get there? But that opening scene is not the last scene of the episode. Oh. That's like the end of Act 2, if you know what I mean. Okay. Or, there, or the end of Act 3, right. whatever. Right, right, right. So it's like, you know where it's going, but there's still a bit more to the that's genius I, I, it's a really good structure but it's not been doing too well I've heard and I've that's good it sounds good yeah <laughs> but it's uh, I mean it's really engaging the guy from the OC is in it and he's really good um, and it's it's just very impressive the writing in it is really good the direction in it is really good actually right. there's some nice kind of techniques done um, but then similarly the other um, American series which has been blowing my socks off completely it's like Step Aside the Wire Step Aside um, uh, Six Foot Under not, six, not. Step Aside Sopranos break. <laughs> These are big words that Yeah you're using. Like, absolutely what? I've fallen Danny tell us what is this show I've fallen completely in love with it it's Breaking Bad Have you heard of Breaking Bad I haven't Bad? heard of it Oh my god well I'll just give you the premise right and I'm sure some of you out there have sh- surely seen it but it's about a high school chemistry teacher right. uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, right. who gets diagnosed with terminal cancer. Right. So realizing he doesn't have a lot of time left yeah. and realizing he has no money to leave for his um, wife and uh, cerebral palsy kid, right. <laughs> plus his wife is pregnant, uh, he decides to, be, to cook crystal meth. Right. With one of his dropout okay, chemistry right, right, students, right, right. who's a kind of a druggy right. kind of person. Uh, so the Breaking Bad of the title is what the dropout kind of says to him when he initially hooks up with him. Right. going, all of a sudden you're Breaking Bad. What's what's the story? Yeah, kind of yeah, 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 and yeah, he yeah, has yeah. to tell him I'm, I'm dying see, of cancer. I see, I see. But it's the lead actor in it is Brian Cranston who's um, from Malcolm in the Middle, the dad from Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, yeah, excellent. And it's a really dramatic role. And I swear to God, it, it, his performance in it puts anything I've seen on cinema to shame. Right. Forget Daniel Day-Lewis. Forget anybody who's won an Oscar for any bloody role. Honestly, it's that you, good. This, this, this is, do you understand what you're saying? I'm building, I'm building up so the hype. Big. It's it's it just kind of rocks <laughs> it rocks me to the core. It's just really good. It's just amazing. He's amazing. Well, I don't know if I'll check this out. Then. No. I don't, I mean... <laughs> so anyway, that sounds very good. It's created and written by Vince Gilligan. I think it's Gilligan uh, who used to write for the X Files. Mm. Um, so he just came up with this idea. Hey, but tell <clears> us this though, Danny. Then let's just wrap up with this. What were the first ten minutes like? Well, that's what I was going to say. They have a structural technique as well. Right. Uh, not for every episode, but for some episodes where they tease you with some just kind of a bleak or intriguing imagery where right. it, where you're like, what the hell is this? And yeah. how does it relate to the story we're about to see? Right. Um, and sometimes it's not even relating to what's in that episode. It's relating to what's going to happen in the last episode. I see. But that's that's an interesting point and perhaps one to, con- to conclude on and wrap this up. But like you said, there's been a lot of work about keep the audience on side with where everything is, make everything clear. Mm. But, I think, and it sounds like those two shows both tap into that, that mystery. Yeah. 
an intrigue and what how is it going to work out mm. is just as important. Yeah. So clarity without intrigue is boring, and mm. intrigue without clarity is muddled. Mm. It's having the elements of both, moving it forward, and with a strong story and great characters. That's that's a formula. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, great. So let's wrap it up there. How are we doing? Time. We're we're over time, are so we? we'll wrap it up there. But let's just have a, a quick whiz round of where people can check out podcasts. You can now check it out and subscribe on iTunes. Just put UK screenwriters into the search on iTunes. We're number one because we're the only one. We're the only one <laughs> just about on there. So there's not much competition, as we said. Um, uh, check us out on Podomatic or you can check out myself or Danny's blogs. What we'll probably put on our blogs is some of those links yeah. that we've thrown out quickly today so that you can go and just click on those and yeah. find your way to the festival and those other sites. We'll do shout-outs on Twitter and Facebook as well. Tim, bizarrely, is Twitterless. Yeah. Mr. New Media. Is, I know, uh, isn't that weird? It is weird. I mean, yeah. you know. We'll talk about that next time. Maybe. Actually, might or you can on. email him and say, why aren't you on Twitter, you dope? Uh, yeah, or email me what you were going to Twitter me. How about that? Yeah. How about that idea? Anyway, whatever. Uh, so we'll catch you next time. Um, in the meantime, as you can tell, we really do like to hear your ideas because we can act on them. Yeah. It gives us material. So keep those ideas, things you want to hear. We've already got too, too many to cover, but keep them coming because when people, three or four people say it, we know it's definitely yeah. true. We're going to we'll try it. and get an interview with somebody or people. Yeah, or we're going to do all those things as we as we grow. All right. Nice one. Cheers, bye. Bye now.